Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, hey, welcome back. And as always, thanks for listening. If you look at the Bible, what is it? I mean, in its entirety, it's a collection of books, yes. Fantastic collection. And Holy Scripture, and there's a whole lot of descriptors. What is it designed to do? So, number one, it's designed to bring you to a relationship with the living God. Uh, And... It has history and information in it on, hey, this is how I want this relationship to go. But it's also a book of, and this is a psychology word, behavior modification. It's about changing. Now, when you come into a relationship with the living God, through Jesus. You're a new creature, yes. But the change is a process. Now, what's interesting is uh, one of my favorite books in the Old Testament, in the prophets specifically, is Ezekiel. In Ezekiel 18, uh, he's addressing... Israel and they've had some really crazy behavior. If they didn't have crazy behavior, he wouldn't be there. But here's the thing. Uh, in Ezekiel 18:30 through 32, God says this through the prophet. He says, "Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, every one according to his ways," declares the Lord God. Repent. And turn from all your transgressions, lest iniquity be your ruin. Cast away from you all your transgressions that you've committed, and make yourself a new heart, a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? Verse 32. For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Lord God. So turn and live choose life that is one of the one of the biggest teachings in Judaism also is choose life now I like verse 32 for this reason it declares God's just flat out saying I don't it doesn't make me happy when people die, when they have, when they, you know, end up getting destroyed because of their sin, it doesn't give God jollies for people to die and, and go to hell. That's not, that's not what He's plugged into. Although you you hear this. And, it, and a lot of times when people describe the Old Testament, and they describe that's the kind of thought process, you know, that seems to kind of come out. 
Now, back up for a second in Ezekiel uh, chapter 18 to 25. Because this is, this is interesting as well, I, and I like this. 25 and following. Um, it says, Yet you say, The way of the Lord is not just. Hear now, O house of Israel. Is my way not just? Is it not your ways that are not just? When a righteous person turns away from his righteousness and does injustice, he shall die for it. For the injustice he has done, he shall die. Again, when a wicked person turns away from their wickedness he has committed and does what is right and just, or just and right, he shall be saved. Because he considered and turned away from all the transgressions that he had committed. He shall surely live. He shall not die. Now, you, you, you see the pattern. Now, the beauty of it is the Bible in its entirety uh, goes through this thoroughly. <laughs> goes through this whole concept thoroughly in history, in object lessons, in teaching, in proverbs. I mean absolutely line by line. Now, what type of behavior is God looking for? What type of behavior is God looking is God looking for? This is why I love the New Testament. And again, the New Testament is not a replacement for the Old Testament. It is an extension, a continuation, a augmentation. It takes the Old Testament and lifts it even higher, I think. Now, the story that we're looking at right now in the New Testament is going to be Luke 10, 29 37 And this is actually the story of the Good Samaritan. Now, why am I doing that? Because this is the idea. This is the concept. When they, when they hit Jesus up, and Jesus was a awesome, 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 unparalleled teacher. Anyway, so in the story, when, when, they're, when they're talking to, you know, to Jesus, there was a guy nearby, and he... And, and it says, but he, this man, desiring to be justif to justify himself, in other words, make himself look really good and, and, smite and smart and righteous in front of Jesus, said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, my chance of priest was going down that road. And he saw him, and he passed on the other side. So likewise, likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring oil, pouring on oil and wine, 
Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend I'll repay when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among thieves? And he said, The one that showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. So, now, why am I going through through this story? Well, there's a few, few things to point out. First of all, first of all, it's really easy to dump on the priest and the Levite. Okay, I mean, it is. Um... Did they do the right thing? Mm. According to Jesus' story, they weren't a neighbor to this guy. So, probably not. You know, the answer would be no. But, what you need, you know, let me, let me throw a little rest of the story in here. And this time, in the second temple period, where, you know, when Jesus lived... Most of uh, the selection for service for a priest or a Levite, and they both served in the temple, uh, was by a lot. And this lottery uh, system, this cycle that they had selected, probably meant that you would only serve once, maybe twice, in a lifetime. Okay? So, it was huge honor and a responsibility. It's a huge responsibility. So, if you were a priest, it was your responsibility, but also a massive honor. And it was your time. And if you missed it, you there was no, you know, Oh, rain checks. You didn't get a rain check, you know. You know well, yeah, I'll do it next week. No, that's not going to happen. Why? Because the next person in line, who probably only gets a shot at it once, maybe twice, maybe twice a year. So, so the responsibility and the, the honor was there, okay? But... To understand that first, the second thing is, you know, uh, they, you know, make it look like these guys were uh, were being kind of snooty. Well, maybe Jericho at that time, at this location, was a was a rich uh, rich town. It's where the rich people lived. Uh, and by the way, most of the priests and most of the Levites were pretty blooming rich, and so yeah, they might have been been kind of nose in the air at, at this guy. But the key, I think, is when it says leaving him half dead. If this guy is half dead, he ain't moving a lot, and it's pretty hard to tell if he's breathing. Um, if he's dead. And these guys touch him, and and this is all part of the service, right? Um, 
service in the temple as a priest, services in the temple as a Levite, if they touch him, and he is dead, they're ceremonially unclean. And by the time they get re... They, they go through the ceremony to be cleansed again, it would be too late. So they would miss their opportunity. So they see this guy, and he looks like a dead body. So they go to the other side of the street. You know, to keep any possibility of getting anywhere near or touching this dead body. Or what they thought probably was a dead body. Now, am I letting them off the hook? No, no, I'm really not. I'm just trying to fill the fill in a few gaps so that you understand that everything's not... You know, it's really easy to point fingers at people. Without walking in their shoes for just a second. So, they're giving up a lot. Now, here's the issue. And this is kind of the heart of the matter that Jesus is going to. Because this person was in need, they should have done it anyway. That action of helping this person would have been, and I'm following Jesus' thought process here, more or as important to God as going to the temple and doing service there. Now, that sounds kind of crazy because, wow, you know, but you got to understand, it was not just uh, the responsibility. It was a pretty huge honor, okay? I mean, you got, you know, whoa, wow, did you see me at the temple? I was at the temple. Wow, man, I was doing some great stuff at the temple. And, of course, you know, they, I don't know that they were actually bragging like that, but it was a huge honor. But they would be giving, giving that up. So, in Jesus' mind, that would be a greater honor to God than serving at the temple. That's the point. Now, let's think back to the Old Testament passage in Ezekiel. And that is this. Behavior change. Behavior change. The one, at least in Jesus' story, that, that really made the difference was the one that showed mercy. And, and in Ezekiel, how does God demonstrate that? How does God demonstrate that? He In Ezekiel 18.32, he says, I have no pleasure in the death of anyone. It doesn't give God jollies when, the, when people who are evil get what's coming to them doesn't make him happy. <laughs> He's not, oh yeah. Now justice is served, and from that point, yeah, justice is satisfied. But the issue is, is God says, he, he says, I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Lord God. So turn and live. So turn. What do you mean turn? Just turn right, turn left, turn around, repent. That's what repent means. Change your mind. You know, earlier in that passage, he said, put, in, put inside you a new heart. So it's behavior modification towards mercy and helping people. Now that's part of it, right? But that's a huge issue with God. 
the fact is, is they asked Jesus, you know, hey, what's the big, you know, greatest commandment? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And he says, in the seconds like it, or equal to it, and love your neighbor as yourself. Paul even cut it down even further. He said, love your neighbor as yourself, because when you do that, you are loving God. And in Jesus' story of the Samaritan, he said, who was his neighbor? The one that showed mercy. There you go. So, you see how the Old and New Testament, I mean, they really, they just fit. Just, there are two parts. Two hearts. I mean, two parts of a heart. You know, I mean, they really go completely, they're inseparable. And one is not outdated. The other one lifts up the Old Testament, I believe. Augments, clarifies. So, think on that and, and just think in your own life, okay? If God was saying to you, hey, you know, put a new heart in you. Change your thinking pattern. In fact, what he says in Ezekiel 18.31 is this. Cast away from you all your transgressions that you've committed. Make yourself a new heart and a new spirit. How do you do that? You ask God. And he can do that. And he can renew you. And if you... Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. Yeah. But it's a process. After you're saved, you still keep calling so that God can keep working with you. So anyway, with that in mind... Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. And as always... Don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless.